the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. You are Locked On Cowboys, your daily Dallas Cowboys podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Welcome back to the Locked On Cowboys podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Thank you for tuning in. I am your host, Marcus Mosier. You can follow me on Twitter at Marcus underscore Mosier. And joining me today, as always, is Lana McCool. You can check him out on Twitter at McCoolBCB. You can also listen to him on the Best Coast Boys podcast. Lana, what's going on, sir? One week, seven One days, week. seven days. We are we are on the precipice of it. Uh, it's a uh, it's kind of an overcast day here in Los Angeles, the first in a while. Uh, so it's it's good to kind of uh, snuggle up on the couch with the laptop and uh, watch some prospects to kind of finish up the the rest of the week, start the the end of the week right. Uh, and of course, as we get closer and closer to uh, to the draft, the takes and the rumors get sillier and sillier. Yeah, this is always like the longest week of my life because there's absolutely nothing happens. And yet there's so much excitement and there's so many rumors to get you gassed yeah. up and everything. Uh, yeah. It's just it's just a, it's a great time of the year. So, Landon, we're going to talk about some things that could potentially happen inside the top 10 before the yeah. Cowboys pick uh, that could impact them. And then we're going to do some some bold predictions in the second half of this show. And Landon, I've got two pretty strong takes that I'm curious to hear your oh reactions to. Uh, yeah, oh I, I, the good thing is we didn't even go over these pre-shows, so this is going to catch you a, a, little, a little surprise. But um, let's start at the very top of the draft with the, the 49ers at pick number three. We know what the Jaguars are doing. We know what the Jets are doing. At least we think the draft starts at three. And I think it's fascinating, not only from a football perspective, to see what Kyle Shanahan and the 49ers do, but I do think the selection there is going to cause some pretty big ripple effects in the rest of the first round. So first and foremost, who do you think is going three? Not who you think should go three, but who do you yeah. think is going three? You know, it's it's tough. You know, it's it really is kind of tough trying to unwind the, that uh, that yarn ball of mm-hmm. truth and and uh, chum in the water to try to get people to come up and draft people. Uh, it's 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 really difficult. I tend to think that there there really isn't too much of uh, uh, of a reason for Mac Jones, all the, the, the smoke for Mac Jones to be not true. I, I think that the only the only reason I can come up with that San Francisco would be kind of playing that game potentially is to maybe make the Jets second guess their pick at two. And think that and think that maybe Zach Wilson yeah. isn't their uh-huh. guy, and, and and try to get Zach Wilson to fall to three, but that seems, that seems very still, unlikely, right? But but that's that's the only angle I yeah. can come up I, with as to why so, that there which, would be smoke there. Which so, means it's probably there's maybe not smoke. Maybe I mean not smoke. Maybe this just is what's actually going to happen. I saw Peter Schrager from the NFL Network, who I think is maybe one of the most yeah. plugged in people in the Agreed. league, says. Listen, he still thinks it's Mac Jones. He thinks that's where their 49ers are going to go. I, Until that actually happened, Landon, until I see Roger Goodell say it from his lips, I won't believe it. But it does – it feels like we're trending in that direction. Look, all the reliable folks uh, – I cannot remember, and I, I'm sorry, maybe you can remember his name, but there's a very reliable San Francisco beat writer, Matt 
Mayo. I yeah, can't remember yep, what his yep. lesson. Uh, but uh, uh, sorry, Matt, if you're if you're a listener, but uh, uh, he longtime San Francisco beat writer who you know is been insistent this whole time, and he's very plugged in that 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 it is Mac Jones. So if it's Mac Jones, I think you know that sets off a uh, uh, it catalyzes a, a a series of potential trades that could happen in the top ten. Uh, you know, just kind of our, my theory on it is that if Let's say Trey, Trey Lance or Justin Fields gets picked at three as opposed to Mac Jones. Mm-hmm. I think that's a little bit more uh, uh, chalk. I mean, as far as what everyone is <laughs> expecting. I mean, the Mac Jones thing, despite yeah, all the smoke, is still kind of you know yeah. like surprising to a lot of people. So well, let, let if, me frame it like this: which 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 pick is best for the Cowboys? The Mac Jones, right? Yes, I, I would I think, agree. Because I think what happens is that if Mac Jones gets picked, it sets off a an arms race. For, for all these teams that, you know, because I just don't think that there are a lot of other teams that feel as strong. It, he doesn't Mac appeal to many other teams, Yeah, right? if, if Mac Jones is the pick at three, I have a strong feeling that no one in this league outside of San Francisco likes him that much because San Francisco traded multiple first-round picks to get to the third pick to pick Mac Jones. So if that's the case, suddenly Justin Fields is available at four. Mm-hmm. Uh, I think there's going to be a ton of play- teams come try to trade up to go get him. And I think that that – process of of getting up to trade to get the quarterback will uh accelerate the the fifth quarterback getting taken too yes, yes um and i think it just makes it a lot more likely that there there are five quarterbacks taken in let's say the top six if if not just the top five right i, I would I mean, say i guess this. i i think if if mac jones goes three i think the odds of a quarterback going four are now through the roof right yeah absolutely because now we've got teams coming up to get either Justin Fields or Trey Lance. And I'm not so sure that's the case if Trey Lance goes three, right? Because I think yeah. Atlanta, I don't know if Atlanta loves Mac Jones. I don't think they do. And I don't think they necessarily love Justin Fields from, you know, everything I've been hearing and I'll cite our good friend, Eric Galco. He believes that Lance would be the pick at four. Should he be there? But if he doesn't, I kind of think Atlanta is going to either trade that or take Kyle Pitts. So, from a, again, from a Cowboys perspective, we're both in agreement. Having Mac Jones go three is great for them because it means very likely that four quarterbacks go off the board to start. And now we're sitting at five, and all of the skill players available, all the offensive linemen are available, and all the defensive guys. Yeah, and, and you know who knows? I mean, it, it may not do much more than just disrupt the order. Like, let's say – uh, they get the they get to five and Cincinnati gets blown away by a deal by Detroit right mm-hmm. and they say uh, Detroit comes up from seven and says hey we want this quarterback uh, uh, you know and, and because other teams are trading trying to trade with them and, and the Bengals are like hey I'll move back two spots still get one of the two guys we want plus pick up you know a, a day two pick so I, I think ultimately what it could do is just so a bunch of chaos if you're looking for the miracle to happen if you're looking for pits to fall to you at 10 or or you know some of these things that are just statistically unlikely, I think the key to a lot of that stuff happening is Mac Jones being picked at three. And, and it kind of unlocks this this run of, of quarterbacks. It increases the chance that all five quarterbacks yeah. go above you. And then it just, you know, it, it causes kind of a, a chain reaction that allows players like Pitts or, or someone like that to slip through the cracks. Um, one more thing on the top five picks, because I do agree with you, everything you said there about it, it just unlocks the rest of the draft for the Cowboys. At number five, 
We, mm. If you are a Cowboy fan, you're probably rooting for Jamar Chase to go there, correct? Absolutely, yeah. Because, I mean, yeah. You, you don't really have as much interest in Jamar Chase. Uh, so so picking Chase uh, obviously gives you a better chance that Sewell will fall to you. Um, you know, Not only I that, think, I think it creates a, an urgent wide receiver market, right? Because now yeah. I think there's only Devontae Smith and Waddle. And from what it sounds like around the league, Waddle is somebody that a lot of teams like a lot. And now, mm-hmm. you know, I think it's very likely, Landon, that Waddle could go six to the Dolphins, right? I think the Dolphins want a playmaker. Yeah, oh, yeah. So maybe Pitts goes there if you see four straight quarterbacks, and then you see Waddle go to the Panthers or the Lions, who obviously need wide receiver help. That's why, again, you if you are a Cowboy fan, the most ideal scenario is Mac Jones at three, Trey Lance at four, Jamar Chase at five. If that's the the way it plays out, we're going to pick number six. And again, I think that's going to be a receiver. So we're going to pick seven with the two offensive tackles, uh, your your cornerbacks, your Kyle. I mean, Kyle Pitts still available. Nope, yeah, that would exactly. all be fantastic, right? Seven, eight, nine are where things really get interesting, yes, right? Yes. Because you don't really know what the Lions are going to do. I mean, they could probably go in a number of different directions. They could draft the best player that lands to them. There's tons of talk right now. There's tons of smoke right now about them trading out of the first round uh, and being a, a trade target for you know teams like I think I heard the Chargers. Well, hold it, that it, one. We're gonna th- we're gonna get okay. to that one in a second because I've got I want to talk about that one. But All yeah, right. I do think I do think the the lions and the Panthers are very, very interesting because they both have and, a lot of needs and Denver too. Like if, if, yes. if quarterback yeah. gets, if quarterback gets wiped uh, and, and they're, they don't, or they don't like the fifth quarterback or the quarterback that's available to them. I, I don't have a good feel for how they're going to go. They could easily pick a cornerback despite the fact that they yes. spent all this money in free agency, at cornerback. So seven, eight, nine to me, I mean, obviously eight, seven, eight, nine, all could potentially take a quarterback. All of them are in a position where they wouldn't uh, poo-poo the quarterback if, if mm-hmm. he fell to them, the one they like. But at the same time, if they don't get a quarterback or if they don't have, if they're not in a position, I think that all all three of them could trade back. All three of them could take a number of different players. It's 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 really going to start getting wild once we get uh, if things played out the kind of way that we laid them out and that we get to six, seven, eight, nine. Oh, sit not six because we kind of feel like we know yeah, that, that. But seven, eight, nine. Yep. That's really where, where it's going to be very interesting to see exactly how it lays out with those three picks. All right. I want to continue to talk about the top 10 because it's so fascinating to me. Uh, but before we do that, I want to tell you guys about Bet Online, the fastest and easiest way to bet on all your sports action. Football might be over, but NBA, NHL, and NBA and, and, and MLB are in full swing. Bet Online even covers awards, TV shows, and reality TV with real time updated odds and props on almost anything you can imagine. BetOnline has you covered for all the new scores and odds. It's the best way to place your bets, and it's free to sign up. Head to the website or use your mobile device to sign up today and receive your 50% welcome bonus on your first deposit. All you have to do is use the promo code LOCKEDON, BetOnline, your online sportsbook experts. All right, Landon. So over the last couple of weeks, I've been doing some mock drafts at the game day. Please go check that out. And every time that I get to picks eight and nine, is when I start to think about the Chargers because mm-hmm. the Chargers are in a really interesting situation picking at 13. They are a team, I think, now that they have their franchise quarterback and they've got all these weapons and they've got a good defense, they're in a position to make a run now. 
However, they have a glaring, glaring hole at left tackle. Trey Pipkins is currently their starting left tackle. And their right tackle is Brian Bulaga, who has been kind of washed for the last couple of years. They need an offensive tackle. And I'm not sure they can wait at 13. I mean, you could potentially take a Christian Darasaw if he's there. But the Giants need an offensive tackle. Mm -hmm. The Eagles could use an offensive tackle. We even heard the Cowboys like Christian Darasaw a little bit. Um, so I've been kind of exploring the idea of them potentially trading up for a offensive tackle. And then I saw yesterday, Benjamin Albright from pro football network said that they are interested in trading up inside the top seven or eight picks for, of course, Penny Suell, Justin Herbert's former teammate, which makes a ton of sense. So, uh, my question to you, first and foremost, how likely do you think it is that the chargers move up inside the top 10 and if Suwell is available at 10, would you consider moving back, Landon, from 10 to 13 if you're the Cowboys? On the chart, it's only worth like a third-round pick. I can tell you the Cowboys aren't moving down from 10 to 13 for a third-round pick. They're probably getting a two, if not you know, maybe a third and a fourth. Would you be open to doing that? I think it depends on who's on the board. You know, because, right, so let's, uh, what if it's Sertan and Horn and Suwell are all available? And we're at uh, we give it thirteen, so you'd have to hope man. you'd have to it's hope, a lot of hope one of the you'd have to hope one of the Giants or Eagles don't take you know the two corners. I, I have to think that they will. One of them will take a corner, though. Probably. Right? So, so um, yeah, I think I might. I think I might take that chance. Um, and then worst comes to worst, you know, if I get washed at thirteen, maybe I could trade back again, and or maybe sure. I could. I mean, there are players at thirteen that. I can't imagine Aziz Ojolari being gone. I can't no, imagine, no. Um, you know, guys that I like that I just don't love at 10 necessarily uh, that I would – I mean, I, honestly, Newsom might be an option at 13. Or, I mean, listen, if, if the Chargers overpay and give you a second, far, Caleb Farley might even be an option for yeah. me there. Oh, yeah, right? absolutely. You know what I mean? Yeah. Yeah, totally. I, and I, I just totally blanked on that. But yes, Farley, absolutely. I don't have a problem. You know, it sounds like from what we're hearing now that that, and I, I just think I heard this on the draft show this morning is like, they think that there is, uh, you know, not so much of a short term problem with Farley. Uh, this is it's more of a, a, a you know, how long is this going to be a career shortener kind of thing, you know? Mm-hmm. Which so, is scary. Uh, which is scary. Yeah, which is scary. But I think, you know, look, you've got him for five years, but but part of part of the the reason you draft somebody in the first round especially high is the opportunity cost right like you don't get the opportunity to draft players like this you don't you don't have the opportunity to get players like this yes. except at the top of the draft you don't get yep. that opportunity in free agency you don't get that opportunity later in the draft so I think the Cowboys would need to be a little bit careful with Farley because yes, you could, you could convince yourself to say, okay, he's fine in the short term. I only have him for a five-year deal, blah, 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 blah. But you're then robbing yourself the opportunity of getting a player that you want to hold on to long-term who yes, is a you know yeah. top of the league type player. So they have to be careful there, but I certainly wouldn't have a problem with the opportunity to trade back and you know it's possible that you trade back to 13 and you get horned it's possible you trade back to 13 you get sertan you it's know possible. so right i think we're talking uh, about I, farley is like the worst case scenario yeah, right if, absolutely. if you get and, wiped and that's out what, that's what you have to look at there right because obviously right. we want sertan and horn there that's what we're that's right. the risk we're taking but you have to look at what the worst case scenario is when you do those trades and and if it's ojalari or newsom or or farley or Darisaw. I mean, again, we know they like Darisaw quite a bit. They have a first-round grade on him. I mean, if, if you're picking Darisaw there and you get your future left tackle, 
and you pick up another top 50 pick, it's not the worst case in the world, the right? No, 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 you, you still have what now four other picks inside the top 100 to address your defense. And you can it's still fine. trade back into the first round sure, to get, sure. you know, uh, uh, any of those guys that we just mentioned that could fall. Ojolari, Farley, uh, Barmore probably comes in. Yeah, I mean, Merit, like, so yep. a yep. lot a lot more players become available. If, if that extra draft capital it gives you the opportunity to get back into the first round and get a defensive player, if, if, if for some reason you get to 13 and Darisaw is the guy you want to take. Are you buying that the Chargers are interested in trading up inside the top 10? I think that I think I am simply because of the fact yeah. that what you just said, like there's opportunity costs. They don't, they're not that far away. They're a pretty decently built team mm-hmm. already. Um, and I think y- you have to put your foot to the gas when you're trying to, you know, uh, maximize a, a rookie quarterback contract. So uh, I, I wouldn't be surprised if they did it. It's also worth noting that the chargers have two third round picks. So uh, maybe if they don't want to give up that pick 47, they try to package two thirds and maybe a later day three pick, but they've got the draft capital and they just have one glaring need. If you can give up a couple of picks and make sure that you go get your franchise left tackle. I think that makes a ton of sense. Um, I also think, I think the lions and I think the, you know, the Panthers are teams that are going to want to bail. And if they can drop down in this draft and pick up, extra picks. I think that's where it makes a lot of sense. Um, any other thoughts on the top 10, what you're hoping to see, what you anticipate seeing? I, I just imagine that, you know, it, it could, it, it's, it's so wide open, you know, it could be that you have five trades in the top 10. You could have, I mean, including mm-hmm. the ones you've had already, you could have no more trades. It could yeah. just go chalk from here on out. And it's really kind of wild how wide open the top 10 is. Uh, I, I think if, if anything, the wild, my wild, you know, bet here is that something, some player that we're not predicting to go in the top 10 gets picked. I, I don't know if there's going to be many more crazy trades that we won't anticipate, you know, because we've talked about all the, the trades for quarterbacks and stuff and none of that stuff's really actually surprising anymore. So I think the thing that would actually be surprising in the top 10 is, you know, what if we get to seven and Darisaw gets picked? You know, or or which, you know, something like shocking. that. Yeah. No, I mean, it's not like it's not so much shocking when you look at it afterwards. But you know, we've been talking about the same players for months and months and months. Well, it's like Detroit's the one team that I could see really surprising us. Like, yeah, I'll, I'll give you a spoiler. I'm working on a mock draft right now, and I've got Quiddy Pay going seventy G Detroit. Right, staying wow. in the state, of, staying in the state of Michigan. They really don't have any pass rushers. Seems like, you know, a lot of people believe he's going to be a top 12 pick. Would that completely shock you? No, but I mean, that kind of selection quickly, quickly changes the value of 10 because now it's not so much, okay, is one of Sertan or Sewell or Slater there? It might be two or three of those guys are there making trading down way, way easier. Um, Let's take one more quick break, Landon, so I can tell you guys about Rock Auto. RockAuto.com is a family business serving auto parts to customers online for 20 years. They have everything from engine control modules and brake parts, motor oil, and even new carpet. Whether it's for your classic or your daily driver, get everything you need in a few easy clicks delivered directly to your door. The RockAuto.com catalog is unique and remarkably easy to navigate. Quickly see all the parts available for your vehicle and choose the brands, specifications, and prices that you prefer. Best of all, prices at RockAuto.com are always reliably low. And they're the same for, 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 for professionals and do-it-yourselfers. Why spend up to twice as much for the same parts? 
Go to rockauto.com right now and see all the parts available for your car or truck. Right, locked on in the How Did You Hear About Us box. So they know that we sent you amazing selection, reliably low prices, all the parts your car will ever need. Visit rockauto.com today. All right, Landon, I've got two bold predictions here um, that are probably completely baseless, and I want your uh, I want your thoughts on them. They both relate to the Dallas Cowboys. Uh, thought number one, as we are a week away from the NFL draft, I get the feeling that oh the Cowboys might like J.C. Horn better than Patrick Sertan. Now, I, I, I think Sertan has the higher floor. I think Sertan might even have the higher ceiling as well. I just wonder if the Cowboys look at J.C. Horn and his attitude, his aggressiveness, how relentless he is. We saw the team tweet out a very interesting video yesterday uh, with Kyle Pitts, right, where they asked Kyle Pitts, who is the toughest defender you win against? And he said J.C. Horn. It's also noteworthy that Kyle Pitts played against Patrick Sertan as well. Would it shock you if the Cowboys did value Horn over Sertan? No. I, it wouldn't shock me at all, honestly. I mean, I, I think that they're – I mean, even with where I've got them graded or where most people have them graded, they have them in the same tier for the most yep. part. I mean, I think everyone's different. But uh, I, I think that there's probably a general consensus that Sertan is rated higher. But, but I mean, that doesn't mean anything. Like, you know what I'm saying? It's I, mm-hmm. I think it's all about the eye of the beholder. And, and I think that clearly – very few people are going to uh, poo-poo an argument about uh, the value of these two players. I think that they mm-hmm. are, you know, I think there's lots of podcasts out there arguing and debating this right now. You know, I think that this is something that's been discussed a lot. And ever since Farley, uh, the injury stuff came out with Farley, the, the conversation has been Sertan versus Horn as the top corner. And, and, it, and you know, like I said, there may be a consensus that Sertan is, is, rated higher by the draft community uh but that but it's not like it's so there's there's a lot of daylight between these two players so and again uh, i think you and i have discussed this as well the sertan versus uh uh horn conversation is a lot of the high floor versus high ceiling players i mean Mm -hmm. i I don't i I think that you are are right in the sense that people are discounting how high sertan's uh ceiling can be yes because they think that he is uh an overly finished player and i maxed out yeah Yeah. i I don't know that that's necessarily true i mean there's you know even in alabama uh it's still not professional football yet you still have to do school you still have lots of other things to do so i think there is there is there is still ways to go uh for sertan but I think that, you know, if you look at what Horn brings, I mean, they're, they are different types of, of players and, and their demeanors and their playing styles are different. In the tags are close enough that if you prefer one playing style to the other, maybe that's the deciding factor. And maybe that's what makes you choose Horn over Sertan. I certainly am not going to get all upset about it because I, I do think that they are very close prospects. I would agree. I still prefer Patrick Sertan. But if you told me J.C. Horn was the pick, even over Sertan at 10, I wouldn't bat an eye. Honestly, because I, I think you can make the argument, hey, this one is a little bit more aggressive. I think we like his demeanor maybe a little bit more. We think he's got some superstar upside. Uh, and That's why we picked him. It would not be shocking if they got into these Zoom calls with both Sertan and Horn. And Dan Quinn just fell in love with J.C. Horn. I, I think it would be hard not to do that. So 
just again, total gut call wouldn't surprise me at all. The real last, quick, real quick, yeah, go real ahead. Quick. It just, I think the video stuff reminds us that these guys have way more information than we do. Yes, and sometimes yes, we need, sometimes yes. we need to remember that. And so, I think if they pick someone like Horn, I mean, we should all be giving them the benefit of the doubt that they know these players better than we do. We're watching them through on tape, and we're, we're trying to watch as much as we can, evaluate the film. But these guys get more than just the film they get to talk to these guys coaches they get to talk to these guys directly they get a lot more information so I, i'm definitely if they pick horn over sertan i'm definitely giving them the benefit of the doubt and seeing how it plays out before i'm i'm getting all upset that my guy didn't get picked up i would agree uh my last full prediction i believe the cowboys are going to take a pass catcher on the second day of the draft and that might be Whoa. high for some people but let me make the argument landon Okay. After the 2021 season, here are the pass catchers you have under contract. You have Amari Cooper, CeeDee Lamb, and Blake Jarwin. That is it. There's no depth anywhere uh, you know, on this roster in terms of pass catcher. If you want to look at who has any guaranteed money left after the 2021 season, it's only CeeDee Lamb. He is the only pass catcher on this team that has guaranteed money left after the 2021 season. So I think you could make a case that the Cowboys would love to grab somebody probably in the third round, either at tight end or receiver at receiver. Maybe it's to eventually fill in Michael Gallup's role. Remember you're also potentially losing Cedric Wilson, who is a free agent. Noah Brown is a free agent. Dalton Schultz will be a free agent, you know, at tight end after this year. I think the Cowboys would like to bring in somebody who they can develop now and then in 2022 have them ready to be the third or fourth option. Would that surprise you? No, because – and I think, again, we get very myopic about how – you know how to draft to fit the needs that we know that we have going into the following year. Yes, the, the Cowboys don't always work that way. The Cowboys, a lot of times, especially in the second, starting the second and third rounds, they start looking at uh, expiring contracts the following season. Yes, and start drafting replacements a year early. That's something that they've done for a that's while. What good and, teams do. Yes, and we always forget. Like that's the thing is that we always kind of forget, and then it happens on the draft night. We're like, oh well, I guess that makes sense because yes. you know, now that I look at it, these guys get. So at least we're getting ahead of the curve this time. Uh, so I no, I don't think that would surprise me. And I think that this is something that is an exercise that we should all be doing in, in, in kind of evaluating where the Cowboys contract situation is a year out from now. Mm-hmm. Uh, and, and that's kind of going to help inform, you know, where their, their sense of what their needs are going into the draft. Again, they have literally no depth at wide receiver after yeah. this year. It's Amari and CD. And Omari has no guaranteed money left. So if the Cowboys, if he has a bad year and the Cowboys want to move on, they can do so without any dead cap hits. So um, I, I don't anticipate that happening. Uh, I don't anticipate them moving on from Blake Jarwin either, but I do think they're going to want to add a weapon that they don't necessarily have to rely on right away. I did write down two names and actually, I believe we've mentioned both of these guys before Brevin Jordan, the tight end from Miami, a move tight end and H you know, tight end that can do a lot of different things. He can make plays after the catch. He can play in the backfield. I think at 75 is where you start considering him. I know the Cowboys have interest. Somebody to keep an eye on. And that wide receiver, Landon, that's the one spot that I'm not quite sure what they're going Mm -hmm. to want. Are they going to want another bigger body? Are they going to want somebody who can make plays, you know, behind the line of scrimmage in the Tavon Austin role? Or do they want to add speed? I think – uh, somebody from your alma mater, uh, Anthony Schwartz, is very interesting. 
you probably have to draft him at 75, if not <sighs> earlier. If not earlier, I think teams are going to love him. But he's I, shooting up boards, right? Boards I would right not, I would not be surprised. Yeah, I would not be surprised if the Cowboys feel like, hey, let's get a guy in here. He can be our fourth or fifth receiver this year, and then by 2022, he's our third guy. Wouldn't surprise me at all. No, me neither. And 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 I, you know, I shake my head because I like Schwartz. I mean, obviously he was great, great at Auburn, but I mean, he was extremely raw. I mean, he's just all he is is the fastest human being on a football field. <laughs> it doesn't mean that he's really great at football yet. So no, no, that means uh, bring me Seth Williams. It's Seth Williams on day three. Yes. So, you mean Mike Williams? Uh, yeah. Uh, he's. <laughs> I like Seth. Okay. I just think that he's, I don't love those types of receivers, frankly, you know, the kind of so don't get make, open receivers. <laughs> like, don't get open receivers and big defensive ends are your two yeah. biggest weaknesses. Well, I'm not missing out on, 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 on contested catch wide receivers. Cause those guys aren't actually making it in the NFL. So true, uh, true. yeah, I, I, I don't, I just don't mess with them anymore. I, I, I definitely agree with your point though. I think, uh, what's going to be interesting is that you know we have we're one year into a McCarthy system. The quarter the wide receiver he drafted last year was because it was C.D. Lamb and he fell to yeah, us at seventeen. Yeah, so yeah. it's not really exactly a a mold or a template for us to go go with. Um, so yeah, it will be very fascinating. I do agree that I think a pass catcher is coming. If it's a wide receiver, it'll be it will be fascinating to see exactly what you know flavor of wide receiver mm-hmm. it is. So basically, what we're telling you is you have a week to cram and watch all these wide receivers yeah. and tight ends. Yeah before yeah. the draft happens. but Get uh, all those we, mid-round wide receivers and tight ends in, guy. You have seven days from now. Go. Shouldn't be any problem at all. Uh, <laughs> that's it for today's show. Thank you guys for tuning in. As always, you can download and subscribe to the podcast on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Audacity, wherever you get your podcasts. Uh, remember, you can follow the show on Twitter at Lockdown Cowboys. YouTube channel, Lockdown Cowboys. You guys have been phenomenal. Please. Just yes. so close to 1,000 subscribers. Please, please, please help us out. Uh, follow Landon on Twitter at NicoleBCB. You can follow me at Marcus underscore Mosier, and we will see you next time.